Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Coming up on this episode of White Wine Question Time. I came in in my clown gear through customs <laughs> and because I didn't have time to change and they thought it was suspicious. Can't imagine why. <laughs> Although, hang on, if I was doing something illegal, why would I dress as a clown? Yeah, look at me, everyone. For goodness sake. When I first dated my now husband, I joined a gym for, I'm going to say, £1,000 a year just so I could go off and have a poo. <laughs> Let me tell you, that was bought some time ago. I, my place still smells of vagina. It's great. It's still going. Do the kids love like it? it? Oh, they love it. They go, whose vagina is it? And I say, don't worry, it's Gwyneth's. It's not Mummy's. <laughs> Hello and welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. And my guest this week is a brilliant actress, a cook and food writer and is now the host of a new Audible podcast, Bedeal in Ripley's Buy, Leave It or Not. Raised in Surrey, she worked as a clown while studying at the Guildhall School of Music and Drama and spent her 20s playing, she says, mainly unnamed prostitutes before landing the role of Jenny in the BAFTA award-winning ITV drama Cold Feet which ran for nine brilliant series between 1997 and 2020. Having made a name for herself on the show, she went on to appear in ITV drama Suspects, the BBC's Green-Eyed Monster, Dead Gorgeous and the Bedeal Syndrome, which is where she became friends with her podcast co-host David Bedeal after he cast her in the show, which he was writing, starring in and producing. They hit it off mainly, she says, because no one else on the show really liked him. I hope she's joking. They're now so close, he once stopped off at a house, uninvited, whilst he was passing one day because he needed a poo. And that is friendship for you. On their podcast, they work as consumer reviewers, buying and reviewing bizarre objects from all corners of the internet and the retail world, be it Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina-scented candle or an electric bike. 
As well as acting, cooking and podcasting, she's also a mother of two to Parker, who's now 20, and Sunny, who's 16. And she lives with them and her husband of 20 years, the actor Daniel LePan in London, which is where she's calling in from today. I'm very excited to be talking to her. Let's dial her up, shall we? It's favourite play. How are you? Oh, hi. So nice to see you. You too. You're looking spectacular, Faye. That is one serious set of sunglasses. Okay, so I need to explain the sunglasses. I'm not trying to be rock and roll. I have... um, It's delightful. It's sexy. It's a gammy eye. Nice. Okay? I don't want to confuse you with technical terms, (laughs) but I went to A&E... The I, A&E, there is an I, is A&E. Is there really? Oh, yes, in London. We've got everything here, um, <laughs> especially for eyes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they sent me home, to be fair. It wasn't bad enough. But they did declare, yeah, you've got a gammy eye. Put some sunglasses on. I, well, so I there think you go. Sorry. Like, you know, what's the thing on Amazon at the moment? Somebody in the six, you know, about like a 70s rock band with a load of groupies. You look like a glamorous groupie. Great. Maybe I'll keep the gammy eye. Keep Maybe the it's gammy eye. forward. Yeah, it's working for you. Yeah. yeah, tell you what else is working for you. As dream jobs go, being paid to shop and review things that you're curious about seems pretty lottery-esque dreamy. Um, read the podcast we're talking, aren't yeah. we? Yes. It's, it's, yes, when you say paid, we paid for the items. Did you really? Let me tell you. Yeah, because the whole point of this ridiculous podcast that David Badil and I do is that it's incredibly honest. And I feel like if somebody else is paying for it, you can't really be honest. So you have to feel the pinch on whatever it is you're buying. Otherwise, it doesn't work. On the first show, you splashed up big time on the vagina-scented candle from Gwyneth Paltrow's Goop. I mean, that's a pricey slash punchy purchase. 100 quid. Jeez, man. Odd. Um, I've, it, and let me tell you, that was bought some time ago. I, my place still smells of vagina. It's great. <laughs> It's still going. Do the kids love like it? it? Oh, they love it. They go, whose vagina is it? And I say, don't worry, it's Gwyneth's. It's not mummy's. Um, so that's fine. Um, although maybe not great for my 16-year-old son. I'd say at this stage of development, that's it's so probably funny. a bit scarring. But anyway, he's coping. It's fine. Um, so yes, you're right. We do... We buy stuff mainly off the internet but not always to be fair um and we unbox it and we review it and the sort of general idea is that that is just a springboard it's an excuse for us to buy stuff that we want to buy and try it out because it's it's to do with the algorithms you know we're all bombarded with stuff on our phones that's so right so we're trying it out for you we're going you're are you getting that dish cloth that they want to charge 25 quid for hang on a minute hold fire i'll try it out uh, by the way it's rubbish don't bother or do you know what 25 quid on a cloth we don't review a cloth by the way i'm just using it as an example yeah. but you know or the vagina candle go do you know what actually you know my sex life has just gone skyrocketed the kids love it um <laughs> my, the mother-in-law can't get enough of it i don't know whatever the vagina the is review, a massive hit it's a massive hit. And um, so whatever it is, we try and give it a proper honest review. Thorough. In between, uh, you get a glimpse into David Baddiel and Mai's relationship. I like the fact that he feels close enough to you to, in a moment of need, knock your door for a poo. I mean, I'd have to, re- I'd have to know somebody really well to be able to do that, especially not to like 
dress it up as another reason. He just literally came to your house for a poo, didn't he? Yes. I mean, it's brilliant that you've Googled that. <laughs> and that's out there just as, a, as an anecdote. Oh, yeah, it is on my podcast. That's true. Oh, yeah, it probably isn't like a headline. <laughs> yeah, you're it right. It just made but- me chuckle. Well, it's true. So he is, he lives fairly near, you know, it's like a 10 minute bike ride away. And that at the time he uh, was cycling to, uh, he'd be happy to say this, he did in fact say it on the podcast, uh, cycling to his therapist and probably the nerves of the uh, oncoming therapy session kicked in, needed a poo, thought, where am I as relaxed as in my own home? I know, phase. I, however... And he points this out. I'm not relaxed around public pooing or sharing any kind of toilet stuff. So it was, I think it's an odd choice. I'm not comfortable with anyone knocking on my door for a poo. Not at all. Um, but in he comes. I'm like, oh, hello, David. He's like, I'm just going for a poo. Like, oh, God. OK. Um, and then he left again. Well, you know, without a bind or leave. <laughs> Funnily enough. But, you know, it is mad that. I mean, I, when I first dated my now husband... I joined a gym for, I'm going to say, £1,000 a year just so I could go off and have a poo. <laughs> and I used to say, I used to say every morning, he goes, God, you work out a lot, don't you? I go, yes, 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 yes. I, um, I just like to do the weights, do a lot of cardio. Obviously, I didn't use one piece of equipment. <laughs> I think, think that was clear from the, the untoned body that returned from said gym. But I just went for a boo. It was just really, really, it was the only way around it I could think of when I was staying with him, basically. Totally get that, especially in the first flushes of romance. There's yeah. not a hope of me. We've got into this, haven't we, really early on. <laughs> I don't know how that's happened, but we Did have. bloody David Bedeal, I blame him. I do. I always blame David. So that's perfect. Well, I've really enjoyed it. And you two are a, a surprise pairing, but a revelation because your friendship kind of seeps through everything that you discuss, purchase and talk about. So thank you. I've really enjoyed spending more time with you than I'd anticipated, actually, because you think, how's this going to work? Somebody unpacking and looking at shopping on an audio uh, podcast, but it works. You bring well, it to life. That's kind of why we're trying to turn it into a TV. You so should. then you can see it. But anyway, there you go. I'll, I'll let you know on that one. Yeah, I like that. I like mm. that. I saw you two on Celebrity Advice Bureau. You were very good. Ah, oh, that was a while ago, yeah. Yeah, that was a while ago. I found it on the internet. Mm. I told well you done. <laughs> Talking of which, I've dived down many to come up with three questions for you. So are you ready for your first? Yeah. You are a woman whose CV is rich and varied, and not just for your work as an actress. As well as being paid to shop, you've also worked as a clown, you've sold menswear, and if one of your Instagram posts is to be taken at face value fay, are something of a weirdly wonderful entrepreneur. You posted a picture of George Michael looking tanned and taut in a pair of early white, tight, budgie smugglers in his wham days, really looking quite fit. And you captioned that with, I used to work in a sunbed centre and George Michael was a regular. I pretended not to know who he was and then rushed into his sunbed to wipe up his sweat and bits and bobs, then sell his soiled towels to my gay mates. Hashtag hero, hashtag respect, hashtag tan. I mean, some things you're prouder of in your life (laughs) than others. (laughs) I'm going to say you brought up one of the ones that... um, 
perhaps I'm not that proud of. Weirdly but... entrepreneurial, this. I just wondered if you could give me maybe a rundown of some of the life lessons and experiences that sit behind some of the the jobs that occupy your resume, some of the best and the worst, and the, what, the ones that taught you the most. What did you learn, for example, from flogging sweaty George Michael towels to your predominantly gay friends? Uh, I, well, first of all, I think the story might have got slightly exaggerated from giving to selling. Okay. Um, but the general gist is there. Um, <laughs> and I did, I did slog away, basically, at a bunch of awful jobs when... I, it was in the lean years and it what and I had you know I was a late starter out of drama school some people sort of shot out and did really well to start with and then it petered out and the nature of of being a performer I think is that it's you know you're freelance it comes and goes um when you read it in a list and you know you do a lovely intro it all sounds like it all melds together, but there's loads of time in between yeah. when you're trying, you know, learning to crochet or kind of like thinking that you might do a course in, uh, you know, hypotherapy or something or to something, but you need to fill your life in between and you need to pay the bills. And I did that for many, many years. And um I sort of, what have I learned from it? I've learned that, um, I, I mainly learned to never take anything for granted because it wasn't handed to me. So there's that, that's just a sort of basic, it was a bit of a slog. Um, but I think it has given me a real sense in my life. I, I really admire graft. Mm. I really, really admire hard workers. I really love people doing what they do really well, which is what I said to you, oh, um, you. when I, um, briefly came on because I, I, I admire you know jobs well done whatever the job is frankly and um and so I, yeah and I think that's what all those years kind of I sold you know men's shirts door to door and as you said I was a clown I got a mortgage as a clown <laughs> for goodness sakes like so in like literally like and we wonder why the the country is on its knees it's like well in the 80s they literally gave me a flat and all i could do was juggle actually i couldn't even juggle couldn't even juggle i, I literally had two balls i dropped them and they still went sure do you want a flat i went oh yeah that'd be great you could get a mortgage for i mean literally you could go i've got a paper round and they'd give you one yeah literally um I mean, I had literally had a clown car that, you know, the <laughs> wheels would fall off, you know, and it was like, anyway, they were throwing money but at me. But you were a clown for a long time, weren't you? I mean, like, that was the, the basis of their decision to lend you money is that you'd shown long-term employment as a clown. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not easy to do, let me tell you. I, mean, I really had to, you know, is it my seasonal? I don't know. My, well, I, I, anyway, I was flown... Well, I was flown to France. I was going to say all around the world, but that would have been an exaggeration. <laughs> but I was flown to France. Um, I came in in my clown gear through customs <laughs> and because I didn't have time to change. And they thought it was suspicious. Can't imagine why. Although, hang on, if I was doing something illegal, why would I dress as a clown? Yeah, look at me, everyone. For goodness sakes. Anyway, I come through in a red hat and, and a sort of bow tie that spins around <laughs> and they pull me up. And then they start strip searching, not me, but the, all my puppets <laughs> in my bag. They sort of like, they're pulling the, the stuffing out of Harry the Hedgehog's head, thinking <laughs> I was a, a drug mule. <laughs> and, and it was like, oh, again, why would I 
Okay, just how many other examples do you have of drug mules that have dressed like this? <laughs> just like Absolutely. Ronald McDonald. Literally. <laughs> Um, so that was anyway. Those were the years. Those are the nineties. That wasn't the only time that you were um, that you aroused suspicion with law enforcement, is it? No, because I was. I, that's right. I was in fact arrested for a really big crime um, that you didn't do. That I didn't do. Obviously, I didn't do it again. Why would I do it as the clown? But this was this was quite extraordinary. This was... Do you know what this would hold up? This would hold up an episode of Midsummer Murders and it would be considered edgy. A child's party is thrown. A clown is booked as the entertainer. <gasps> Mysteriously, £75,000 worth of diamonds go missing. The police suspect the clown. Am I right? Yeah, they suspect the clown because the people who threw the party said... <laughs> It was the clown. Yeah. But it was them. It was them. It was it's an, an insurance job. job. And I don't even think it was the kid's birthday, whose birthday party it was. Was it even their kid? Possibly not. Then I... <laughs> anyway, it was very dramatic at the time. But Let me tell you. You must have been absolutely terrified at the time. Were you a young woman? I was clown, terrified. Just looking after, looking after your clown business. I was just mooching about, polishing my red nose, minding my own business, and somebody says I've nicked all their jewellery. But they did this, there was all sorts of weird stuff in terms of the Midsummer Murders episode, you're dead right there. Um, I, they, I, part of my act, right, was to waste time with a toilet break because I could I could use up 40 minutes because all you have to do is get one kid to say they want to go to the loo and them. everyone will put their hand up. So I go, ooh, now, anybody want to go to the loo? <laughs> and one kid puts their hand up. The lot, I go, brilliant. Crocodile, we're doing a, a musical crocodile. We're going to go to the loo one by one. <laughs> See you in 40 minutes. Because um, basically, kids entertainers just want to chill out, have a cup of tea, and eat all the party food. Of so course. anyway, um, so off I go to the loo, and they said, "Don't use the downstairs loo. Use the ensuite through the bedroom." I didn't think. I just. Why would I question that? So off I do my crocodile through the bedroom, which is where they said I took it from. Jeez, did you I ever know. confront them? No, I was young and scared and then happy to not be in prison. So I just moved on quickly. We but are, it was we, scary. Listen, we're kind of making light of this, but you weren't arrested at the scene. It Was was it after the event? So the police I mean, knocked on the actually, door? I mean, actually, they knocked on the door. I don't think I was ever taken in, to be fair. Um, it just felt like I was arrested. But And I think in Midsummer Murders, let's get me arrested. Totally. So I don't think I actually was. So they knocked on the door and they all trooped in and searched my little, you know, bed sit or whatever it was. And... Um, and it was really scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and luckily, quite quickly, I think they worked out that it wasn't the clown <laughs> and Harry the Hedgehog and this perfectly sort of pleasant, polite young woman. And that it was actually the dodgy people um, who you know, made their kid pretend it was their birthday. That's a hell of a ruse, isn't it? When, when did you hang your clown clothes up with confidence in as much as you went, okay, I actually don't need to take any more bookings as a clown now because the acting has kicked in and I'm good to go? Right. Well, you are assuming that I have. <laughs> and you would be wrong. Because what 10 years in the sort of slog years, the kind of the, you know, the hard knocks means that psychologically you never assume you're ever going to work again. Of course. Um, so <laughs> I... I, look, I'm ready to go. 
when I'm needed, I'm ready to go. It's just that if I'm ever in a situation where somebody says, don't use the downstairs loo, go through the bedroom, I'll be like, aye, aye. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You love food. You've authored three best-selling cookbooks and have written really lovingly about your relationship with food and how you're happiest at home cooking for friends. You'd much rather do that than go out and eat in a fancy restaurant, from what I can gather. So can you cook up for me your dream dinner party menu, complete with your dream dinner party guest list? What are you cooking? Who's coming for tea? Do you know what? I have been asked this over the years. Oh, sorry. You know, it's, no, 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 no. I'm, but, but I'm going to qualify that. No, no, it's a good question because I think people have heroes and they want to, you know, the, the dream would be, oh, you know, maybe I could meet. And in the past, I think I have given a list of sort of amazing people that I would like to come over for dinner. But it has changed. Yeah, I, I think, think the pandemic changed that, don't you? Um. Yeah, and just getting old. And do you know what it is? What's changed is sometimes... It's the meeting your heroes thing yeah. that has changed it. And it's a combination of it can often be a little disappointing. Oh, have you had that? Slash um, too stressful. Oh. So some of the people that I would like would be food people. So there might be chefs and things. And I've had a couple of chefs. Um, uh, there's a, there is a very, very good chef who's a close friend of mine. And he's Italian. I won't name him. He knows who he is. And um, he's Michelin starred and he um, ate something of mine. And I was literally, I had, so I, I thought I was going to have a stroke, right, first of all. And I was sort of looking at him, these sort of doughy eyes, sort of willing him to love it. And he just went, eh, it's a bit dry. <gasps> and that was it. And I was just like, oh. Um, wounded. And wounded forever. So I've sort dry. of got to the point where if I, my dream dinner party is kind of just my best mate. Yeah. And a roast chicken. 
That's what I really think. And a show off pudding, because I do like a round of applause. So I always will do a show off pudding. Otherwise, I'm a bit like, oh, all right, a bit casual about the meal, everyone. Hello. Um, <laughs> so I like to sort of be able to go, oh, God, it was nothing. Honestly, I've been oh, running around all day and just threw it together. And, but, and yet, it's incredible. I use indoor fireworks to also add drama. Do you really? Obviously. Put it in the top, honestly. It doesn't matter if it tastes awful. Everyone will go, wow. Ah. So, um, but, and also I, I did write about it in the, um, I wrote about a dinner party that I had for, let's say, some A-listers. And the, again, I it was a, for an actress and I hugely admired her. I still do as an actress, but I went to too much trouble I I, re I went overboard. It was embarrassing. Like tried I needed to be more casual with it. I tried way too hard. <laughs> I I think I aged ten years in the process. She was so rude. No, she was so rude. And um, she. I was mean, she first of all, she was on a diet, which she didn't tell me about. I had con. I'd sent emails going any any dietary requirements you know and anyway she had a photo shoot and her and her, her partner were on diets and basically only having water and i'd done an eight course taster menu no and by the end my final pavlova with indoor fireworks in i swear i was so close to shoving it in her face <laughs> when she when she she put a hand up to my face <gasps> to go no she didn't want it Oh, I tell you. And do you know what? Never sent a thank you card. Never sent a text. No. So I'm done. I'm done with my heroes. I just want my mates around. That's Sorry. devastating. I know. She was at your house as well. Yeah, because you you sometimes, you know, doing the jobs that we do, we, we meet people yeah, and have friends that are, that are sort of really other people's heroes and yours sometimes. And, um, you know, not all the time. But anyway, lesson learnt. Uh, my best friend lives four doors down from me, but just by coincidence. Um, How nice. So I'll just have her around yeah, and her see, lovely family. I'm with you. I think sometimes a good chicken and your best friends is hard to beat. It's hard to beat. And in, so there you go. In lockdown, that's all I wanted. I wasn't missing fancy restaurants or I just missed people and company and the ability to touch somebody on the arm while you're laughing and not feel like you were going to be diseased by the end of it. I know what you mean. Although I was lucky enough because my friend lives in my street that we were often able to sort of, you know, be at a distance in a garden or go for yeah. a walk at a distance because we were right there next to each other. So she she saved me. We were all sort of saved by by each other's family, actually. So we were very lucky. Did you um, cook a lot, in, a lot in lockdown? Oh, yes. I mean, well, the thing about the lockdown thing, and there's a, you know, obviously I am aware this is just a small privileged minority, but it, it hit at a time when my kids would have and should have, because it would have been better for them. So I'm purely talking selfishly, awful for them, obviously. But they would have been out probably taking drugs and abusing alcohol and the but it stopped that for a while so i didn't have to worry about where they were they had to be basically suckling on mother's breast again <laughs> and i was delighted with that result obviously i was aware there's a terrible fearful pandemic going on i was really worried by the way I was volunteering at the vaccine centre for a year, so I did. did I, was, you? I was partaking in 
in the whole event. But as a sidebar, I was so grateful for that little bit of time with them that I captured with my kids. As I say, I don't think it was great for them. <laughs> I think they would tell a different story. But I was able to cook for them to, to you know, they were forced into a relationship with me that they ha would have long since and have long since bunged in the bin. Totally. Um, they're because out. Of they're their, out. Because of their age, which is the most natural thing yeah. in the world. But it is hard, isn't it? I mean... I think I think we might be similar as parents, Faye. I just want to hold him close forever. And he's nearly fifteen now, my son. You've got you're you're ahead of me there. I miss being the mother of a young child desperately some days, don't you? I I am so I'm so broody. I'm all the time. I am my daughter's actually now twenty. She's twenty. And I mean, it's not right, but I'm encouraging an early pregnancy. <laughs> I'm actively hiding contraception. Um, it's not, it's it just, I'm like, I was, I was an old mum in the first place. I can't hang about. I understand it's your life, but what about mine? Um, and my 16-year-old son, I, you know, again, I, I'll, I'll give it another year and then I'll start going in there as well, saying, come on, what you got for me? Um, but anyway, but that, but that, that time has become a sort of you know obviously it was what it was in so many different ways for so many different people but there was a just a percentage of it that I was grateful to mm. be holding on to my kids for yeah I hear you I mm. hear you and talking to children that takes me really nicely into my third and final question for you I wanted to explore the multiple roles that you play across um, your life, and not just as an actress, the ones that have been the most important and informative. And reading up on you, I think your role as a mother has been probably one of the ones that you've enjoyed above all others. Would that be a fair observation? It, it, that, is, uh, that is a fair observation, but only once said child is out of my body. Didn't like being pregnant. So... I just wasn't very good at it. Yeah, same. Um, I on four stone for each child. How much? Something ridiculous. Like four stone for each child. Wow. You know those whole things? Like I see them on Instagram. I'm like, I don't understand. When people are about to pop, I go, oh, are you five months? And I'm like, because that's what I look like in five months. Um, and, uh, and they're five like, times. no. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, and but I then I was really bad at the giving birth bit. I mean, I say bad, you know, I did my best. They're here. You did it. They're here. No one says you've got to enjoy it, Faye. But you know what? Talking about being a mother, I think one of the main things to come out of it for me is an opportunity because it's not for everyone. But I see that it's um, I have noticed that it is a very good therapy for working out your own childhood mm -hmm. so apart from the whole relationship with these new human beings and the you know and that's all great by the way i'm in the bit of being a mum that is tricky right now so it's not so cozy anymore it's all you know it's difficult they're leaving that they've that it's it's the next phase yeah so in the game of two halves i'm in the second half of it yeah they're looking forward so. you're looking back it's all a bit brittle and scrappy they're trying to figure out who they are without you because they need to but you really struggle to let go yeah and it's it's brutal the truth of it is brutal because 
it's the only the only way forward for them and you know if you love them for you too is to accept that they're probably going to feel something like you feel towards your own parents that is when the therapy comes in <laughs> because <laughs> because that's tricky um but it's sort of anyway i feel that you can do a couple of things as a parent you can kind of avoid everything your, your parents did mm. and or copy everything your parents did so i've done a bit of both yeah pick and mix i have it's a pick and mix i've definitely mainly avoided the stuff my parents did as has my husband like we're, we're pretty on the same page my husband and i oh, that's good. um which is really handy which is why we're still married after 22 years or whatever it is, is it 22 true? years i thought it was 20 yeah. what do i, I mean, know you no you, you're probably right you've got google <laughs> You've got Google and I'm mid-menopause, so yeah. you're probably right. Um, but it's sort of, yeah, there's a lot that I'm not doing the same. But the bits that, you know, I liked, I guess I'm trying to copy, but it's that's less. there's less of that. So, But you can write some of that pain from childhood in your version of it when you give it to someone else. You can go, you know what, it wasn't great for me, but try this I think this might work that's that's what I enjoy doing I like I mean I think maybe I'm taking it a bit far like I still do a turn down service <laughs> like literally I'm I do a fold down I'm putting a I'm putting a flipping pointy thing on the loo roll for when they have their next poo <laughs> because I just think oh that'll be nice for them and um I fill a glass of water and 20 and 16 what am I doing um I think if they were on here, they'd say it's quite claustrophobic. <laughs> Slash helicopter momming. Yes. Yeah. So, but, uh, so I don't know. I, I'm clearly not getting it all right. But I, um, but I really have felt that to this point, it's been a privilege. And then I don't know what will happen at this. I feel like I've kept them alive to this point And I'm proud of that. And now, hey, kids got to keep me alive now. <laughs> not getting any younger. Nope. <laughs> I know. So that's motherhood. What about being a wife? What's that as a role for you? Because um, you talk with such affection still, 20 odd years on, about your husband, Daniel. That's nice. Yeah, I think I, I mean, I lucked in. That's the truth. Who knows? You don't know when you go into it um, what's going to happen. And funnily enough, I, somebody said to me that their daughter's getting married and the their their um this summer and their vows or whatever are not going to have the word forever in it because they're young and they're going into it as well hopefully for a really long time they're from divorced parents and there's not that sort of fairy tale thing of it's forever and then there's the disappointment that it isn't it's a real practical mm -hmm. sort of uh thing of yeah great i mean who knows i mean what's for it's, i i was quite impressed with it actually because i think I think I did go into marriage with the forever banner. And I think that I've just, as I say, I think I've lucked in with who I picked. And I think I might just as well have not picked somebody I would be yeah. with forever. So it's not, I don't think I've got any magic secret. I think I just literally walked through a door and there he was. And, uh, and, it, and it worked out, thanks God, because he's great. Um, and he and he is lovely and who knows who knows I mean but okay let me just back off a bit he's getting less lovely and more annoying as he gets older I would say that 
that happens to blokes. Does it? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just getting more amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. Who saw that happening? It's just organic. Oh. Yeah, it's just like people stop me in the street and go, wow, you're even more amazing than last week when I bumped into you. And I go, oh, I know. Incredible. Dan's annoying, though, isn't he? <laughs> Do you still like each other, though, after all this time? Because that's a hard act to crack, isn't it? To meet somebody and two decades later still find that there's a friendship there. Yes. And I think that the fact that uh, parenting wise, we were always on the same page just from seeing my friends. Yeah, that, that was key. That, is that key. was key because those arguments I see with my mates and it's half the time it is around the kids. Mm. Um, the uh, my, I had two br male bridesmaids for my wedding and on my wedding night I had a uh, first lady of the veil, John T. Um, and Grant, who is chief bridesmaid. And first Lady they, of the Veil is brilliant. I know. He kept saying, I'm First Lady of the Veil. <laughs> um, anyway, and, he, and they took me to one side quite seriously on my uh, wedding night and said, right, well, you've bagged somebody six years younger than you who's incredibly handsome. The only way this is going to last is if you are funny. <laughs> Otherwise, he's going to leave you sure. because the looks aren't there. Uh, for you, uh, you've got funny-looking little legs, and you're going to have to funny. really keep the jokes rolling. So I think that, on some level, <laughs> I'm, in the, I'm in the morning. Go, oh, do you hear the one about the Frenchman, the Irishman, <laughs> the Scotsman? I darling? think you need new friends. I just need new jokes. I don't need new friends. It was really sensible. It's worked. It's worked, Kate. Do, do you? Does he find you funny? And do you find him funny? Um, he finds me funny. Well, this is why it works. He laughs at my jokes and I uh, don't hang about for him to make a joke. So that's fine. <laughs> just just in too, busy, too busy being pleased with my own jokes. Um, <laughs> but no, we do. We find each other funny and, um, and we just like each other. Look, as I say, it's pure luck. I, I honestly, I, I'm, I don't think, I did not work it out in any way. He was from the other side of the world. He's Australian. Yeah. And happened to be in London. And I just sort of bumped into him. We're talking about the roles that you've played in your life. Obviously, we know you as an actress first and foremost, and you are, if I may be so bold, achingly brilliant. You can make me ache with laughter. You can make me ache with, with sadness and tears. You just know how to do it, Faye. You're, so, I think oh, you're a stunning actress. But you have just described arthritis, <laughs> to be fair. Which is great. I mean, I'm the arthritis of the acting world. But Thank you. Would though. you not have been an actor had you had your time again? Well, the thing that, um, and I was doggedly determined because, as I say, it was a really hard road for me and I stuck at it. And I'm proud of myself for that. And I'm proud I'm a self made woman. I, you know, um, I'm privileged now and so my so is my family and i have done that myself through this job so i'm it is by no you know I, by no means do i take it for granted which means it's, however it's, you are it's a, a privilege but you aren't privileged because you worked for that I, I yeah i did i did work very hard for it but the but what i would say is that i the thing i really don't like about the job i do which is why i do lots of other jobs why i write cookbooks or which is what why i write which is why i have a podcast which is why i like to produce things or whatever um, I just need more control mm. over my own destiny and that you don't get with acting and sadly 
I shouldn't say sadly, that's a little negative. My daughter is attempting to be an actress. Wow. I'm sure she will be an actress. And that's quite painful because I do know that you are at the whim of often a bunch of wankers. Yes. Um, so it's, I mean, sometimes they're lovely and you work with brilliant people, obviously. Obviously, I'm not, but But I'm are... not talking about that. Mm. Um, so that makes me sad for her. And it makes me sad for me, the one that, the person that's sort of been on that journey, because that stuff's always hard. And I'm, I'm really sure you've is, come across that. I don't think, if, if you went up to anybody and said, okay, here's a dream job for you, 99% of people that try this job fail. Um, most of them aren't in regular employment and it can leave you feeling rejected, questioning yourself. You go, no thanks. But that really is the realities of an actor's life, isn't it? It really is. It's the, the stuff in between is your life and then you have a bit of work. Yeah. you know sort of stuck in there and look if I'm I'm really lucky and I get to do a lot of the work bit now and over the, yeah, I'll be all right for a few years but you know as as we've discussed there was there was many fallow years where um a bit more of the real life stuff was there um but it's it it, it what it does do is something else like it I mean for instance I know um uh, one of my best friends is Helen McCrory and oh. she she was she was so passionate about having a script in her hand she was she felt only half of herself unless she was working on a script you know what i mean and the truth is i was i know i've discussed it with her many times and i and we worked together in fact that's how i i knew helen and i'm only half myself if i haven't got a fiver in my hand <laughs> that's the thing it's not the script i want it's, i want the cash you're a businesswoman. I think I am. I think you are. And it's hard to be that if you do what I do. So anyway, but less I, so I, I still days, try. I still try. I mean, everyone's an empire, really, in their own right. I mean, yeah. You look. I'm up, a brand. A Kate, brand. That's right. A brand. But you are. Yeah, you're a brand. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But then, if you use it to do the things that you love, then you're a winner, not just a brand. And that's yes. what that's what you're doing. You're you're. I mean. Your relationship with food is joyous. Your Instagram feed is just delicious. Um, all of, and that's everything that comes out of your kitchen, your creations. That's your creativity right there and your control. Yes, and you can, yeah, exactly. Nobody's telling me how to make my bake well. And that's nice. That's a nice feeling. And it's and the, the the most the most gratifying thing, you know. And I know, you know, obviously, every all performers yourself, people come up to you in the street, go, oh, hello, and da da da. And I like, I saw you on the telly, blah blah blah. When someone comes up and says, "I made your lemon chicken last night. Oh, it's delicious. All the family loved it." I cry, Aww. like I cry, I cry because that's proper. That's proper food feeding a family that I've never met. Like, I re it means something to me. I mean, I haven't written a cookbook for 10 years, to be fair, but people are still coming up to me. I mean, the lemon chicken is good, guys. I'm just saying. It ages um, well. It does. It's, but, it's looking good for an old bird. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Would you do another cookbook? I, when I wrote those books, um, it was a crowded market, but now it's, yeah, there is a tsunami of cookbooks. Yeah, I so I think... I've been asked to do them, but I, I've always written cookbooks because I feel there is a need for that little niche thing. I can offer something. I don't want to, it's a year of my life because I do it all myself. And I, 
none of it is done but I mean obviously somebody comes and takes the photos eventually but even that I'm pretty damn controlling about so in fact I've just done a food photography course so god knows what will happen next but anyway <laughs> you really but, yeah um but you photograph the... your food beautifully though Faye on your Instagram well, it's only on my phone, but um, but I, I eventually I wouldn't mind doing it a bit more. But um, but anyway, the the answer is I'm not sure the world needs it. And when I if I decide there is something that the world does need it, that for it to be useful, because I was like the idea that they were useful my cookbooks uh, to somebody somewhere. They're really um, useful because having to think about what to cook every day, if if you're like you know a working parent is really hard and you provided endless inspiration on that front yeah it was just sort of it was it was doable it was easy and delicious and as i always say you know as long as you get a round of applause i don't care if it's for a boiled egg do you know what i mean it's like tell me i'm amazing when i put this down tell me i'm amazing <laughs> eat it and smile thank you <laughs> god i've got a lot of rules haven't i um talk to me about your role kids. as a friend in life because uh well you just mentioned helen there and you've got your best yeah. friend four doors down Def how important is friendship and the role that it plays in your life well i think i'm in the category and i think this has happened sort of in these sort of you know mid years I don't want to say latter years come on um <laughs> uh my friends are family of my family they're the family you choose aren't they yeah they really are and I know that's true for you as well mm. Kate because I see with you with all your lovely gang of girlfriends and I've got that too I'm very lucky and you do feel like they would walk on water for me for you you know what I mean um I'm not sure anyone in my actual family would. No. That's the thing. <laughs> so, um, in fact, I think they might push me overboard. But don't you so... find as well that you go through so many massive shared life experiences, be it marriage, pregnancy. I mean, at the moment for us lot, we are, we're clinging together, uh, clinging onto each other again because we're all going through the perimenopause and or the menopause. And it's a huge moment in our lives that it's probably not interesting to anybody who's not going through it. But when you're living through it, it's kind of everything to, for just somebody to say, you're not a bitch, you're just struggling or um, yeah. laugh when you say something really vile rather than jump down your throat because they get it. You know, it's just feeling understood. It really is. And I think at that stage as well of your kids sort of leaving the nest, that's another thing you can share because who's going to fill it is them. You know, basically, you know, those, the future is going to be much more to do with our friends totally. than it's going to be to do with our kids. Mm -hmm. And that, that sort of slow process that is happening you know, I would say we're becoming closer and closer and reaching out to each other. And to be honest, when you lose somebody in your group and you lose uh, a pal, it becomes ever more important mm. that, you know, the thing you said about saying yes, um, uh, when you lose someone, you realize how many times you avoided something because you were tired or whatever. And then, so now with my friends, I, I, I go, okay, let's go horse riding i hate horses um or whatever or let's yeah sure um let's you know go for dinner and you're not feeling like it or whatever because actually seize the moment and all that stuff and oftentimes you know once you have said yes it's a great experience you know you don't regret that meal out and or that that day of horse riding that 
was I painful, said horse No one has asked me to go horse riding. I don't know why I said horse I riding. Know, yeah. no, um, I don't even know. But yes, I know what you mean. Exactly. You, you often think, oh, actually, that was great fun. I'm really glad that I did it. Yeah. At the risk of sounding um, sexist, do you not, um, as a mother of a, of a, of a boy, I really, you know, I really hope that my son is able to emulate the fabulous female friendships that I've created um, that I don't see as evidently in male friendships and friendship groups. Dead right. Absolutely. And I think that, yes, later, so my husband, he's really bad mm. at reaching out to the blokes that he likes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And you end up sort of, I end up bringing him to things with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, all right, Billy no mate. <laughs> Got your own mates, have you? Might want to go and, I don't know, go to the pub with some of your male mates because you seem to be at the spa with us. Um, but Dan, yeah, no, no. why are you here? Dan, you've got a face mask on. Okay. Um, but he's an actor. Fair enough. But you know what? I think you're right. I think they're just, but that's lazy. They're just lazy. Do you think? So I'm not oh, being God. sexist. They're just being lazy. I, I've, yeah, no, I'm just being really sexist. Um, you know what? I, I don't know. I'll see it playing out. I, I can see a really healthy friendship as kind of thing going on with my son, and I, I hope it does carry on. I, th- I think he'll be friends with these, with these boys and girls uh, for the rest of his life. I, hope I mean, so. it's the, I hope so. Yeah, because that's yeah. when you look back at when, when you when you stand at kind of fifty as I am now, and you look back behind you about the stuff that's really mattered. Friendships right up there isn't it it's right up there it's so important and i don't know that we often give it the importance that it deserves in terms of the way we regard it in conversations well one of the things that i remember thinking about my parents uh growing up was i used to look at them and sort of judge them for not having that many friends um not in the early early years because i feel like when when I was little in the sort of 70s and 80s I think they were all just swapping keys and do you know what I mean going around the neighbours for a quick pampas grasses everywhere yeah and just gin and fags um but uh but then after that, that everyone period, smoked when we were kids didn't they oh yeah in the car in the car and you'd say can you open the window no it's no. cold and you just want to yeah. sit there with but I'm going to vomit in the car so do you know my mum was encouraged to smoke during labour to keep her car oh, and they had no. in the side of the beds in the hospital they had built in ashtrays no that's the 70s for you I mean I do remember as a child I remember the doctor always having a fag on when he was <laughs> doing the, the consultations <laughs> Roger, remember Roger, always on the smoky facts. Rog. <laughs> yeah, um, I think he was struck off actually. Not surprised. I won't say a certain name because I think there was a legal case. Um, <laughs> but uh, yes, what was the point of the fact? Parents and the friend, their friendship groups or, or lack but thereof. Yeah, I feel like I mean they did have friends, but I I mean my, my mother is still alive. But um, and now, funny enough, my mum, as you, as you're saying about your mum, she has great friendships, brilliant, and that is that that's the, that's her day to day. Yeah, seeing her mates, having a cup of tea, going to the cinema together and stuff. So thank God for it. Yeah, it's like um, life gym, isn't it? It's it's yeah. yeah for them it's so important. Whereas my dad's just not that bothered. You know, he likes his friends. But he's quite happy just pottering and picking my mum up and dropping her into town. Yes, yeah, P- I know picking what you mean. her up half cut. 
<laughs> my dad, when he was still alive, and well, there is that as well. Yes, the half-cut driving, exactly. Well, no, um, my mother. My, thank God for for everybody's benefit. My mother doesn't drive anymore, um, but my dad will quite happily ferry her around while she's, you know, down at spoons with her friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoons! Or oh, wherever they go, I don't know. Um, Sorry, that's mom, where my husband my goes through too. This. <laughs> um, I think now looking at my mum, I think as she potters around and sees her mates, I know. I, I think now I'm emulating that. I'm seeing that and going, "That's great. That's really useful." I've got um, a plan with my friend down the road, Daisy, and we have made a plan. She's a bit younger than me, about five years younger, and that she's going to push me is we're figuring and we're going to live separately we haven't figured in our husbands in this so i don't know if they're if we're thinking that they would have popped off life expectancy is lower in a man so you, i lower. think that's a real but my husband's take. younger you oh, see yeah. so i mm, don't know how that works anyway we're going to live together yeah we're, we're going to not leave them but just not live with them <laughs> and have a lovely life have a great life sort of in town away like from an in them. town life there we are. You're basically going to park them as a sort of friends with benefits. Yeah, sure. Great. <laughs> do you want to, are you, are you in? I'm in. <laughs> Great. Where do I sign? <laughs> oh, fate. Do you know what? It's been such a treat to talk to you. Um, can I have you as a friend, please? I think you're great. Done deal. Thank you. Done. And can I come to your house and eat something with a firework? Yes. Or am I pushing it too far? No, I mean, it might be a digestive That's with right. the firework in if I haven't got time, but absolutely. Uh, and 100%. Good luck with the podcast. Um, and with everything you do, I think there's still many roles out there that you have not even thought up yet. Um, you're a woman of many, many skills and talents. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. I feel like, I feel like I've been on a good night out. Good, me too. Cheers to that. <laughs> My huge thanks to Faye. Don't forget, you can catch her podcast with David Bedil. That's Bedil and Ripley's Buy, Leave It or Not, exclusively on Audible, where the whole season awaits you. And if you've enjoyed listening in on Faye, we've got some brilliant conversations with fellow actors Luke Evans, Alan Cumming, Hannah Waddingham, Sally Lindsay, Kerry Godleyman, Daisy May Cooper, and Faye's cold feet husband, John Thompson, in our back catalogue. Don't forget, I'll be back on Tuesday with a brand new drop of Something from the Cellar, a midweek catch-up of some of our vintage guests from the white wine question time seller and to make sure that it finds its way to your feed please just hit the follow or subscribe button if you haven't already and i'll be back next friday with a brand new guest until then thanks so much for your company white wine question time is a stack production and part of the acast creator network 